Welcome to Today with Jared James. And now, your host, Jared James. That's what I was going to do. I'm not sure exactly where we'll go, but <laughs> just hit record. We'll figure it out. <laughs> We're good. Ah, it's going. What's going on, everybody? Uh, I am, you know, I feel like we were just in here, uh, but we are shooting another podcast. Um, um, I was going to say I'm solo, but I'm not. I've got producer Tom over there. So what's going on, Tom? How you doing, man? Hello. Uh, hello. Yeah. Uh, I am, um, I want to talk very specifically today um, about something I came out with the other day, which was the nine rules, the nine suggestions for 2024. My God, there's so much going on in the industry right now. I mean, I think I'm going to do a separate podcast and just kind of talk about um, everything that's going on. I mean, I don't know how much you keep up on this stuff or not, Tom, but the latest NAR president resigned. Uh, so the one that replaced my friend, because yeah. he was scandalous. Well, now the next one's resigning because someone's blackmailed her because apparently there's something going on with her too, and it's just uh, guys, th- this whole th- this whole culture of perfection, where it's like everybody we don't like we cancel, we find something on them or we find something even if it's not true, we're just gonna make it. If we, we're gonna bring it to light. We're gonna make you look bad, and you know nobody wants to look bad. And this is how you get terrible people that run for office. This is how you get terrible people in places of leadership because everybody's afraid of of everybody finding out they're not perfect. Um, and yet, I don't think anybody's supposed to be perfect, right? And so there's a lot more details to come out about that. Um, I know a little bit about that, and I, I may do a separate podcast or a separate thing on Instagram or something like that, but I haven't done it yet. Um, but uh, it's just crazy. I mean, it's just the industry right now is literally like a TMZ. I mean, it's just uh, Zillow is, is suing the MLSs now. Uh, it's crazy, you know, all these distractions everywhere, distractions, you know, and yet, um, you know, something that came out, uh, actually just released a reel on this on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and all these places, you know, Tom, when did you buy your house? 2019, literally right uh, before I 2020. I bet you're happy you did. Sure am. You, did you see the data that just came out? No. I just literally posted a video about oh, it. Yes. Yes. Well, well, actually, you held the camera. Held so the you, what do you mean? You, yes, yeah, yes, so I you did, did see this. Yes, did. So they're now, they're now saying they took together, Fannie Mae got together and took the top 100 um, real estate investors, advisors, uh, economists, all these people, and guess what they're saying the next five years is going to happen? Up, 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 up. It's going to keep going up, the market. And no matter how much we keep shouting from the rooftop, guys, you need to get in. Like, this is like real estate is not penny stocks. You're not trying to catch it on a high, catch it on a low, wait for race to do this, wait for, like, while you're doing all of that, prices continue to rise and you can't get a clawback on where prices used to be. Like, I can't stress this enough. And that's why I said to you, aren't you glad you bought in 2019? Certainly am. You know, because it's just like, jeez, you know. Um, so, so you know, that's something, that reel I just put out, you all should go get it and share it because it's telling all of your people, get off the fence. Uh, and I think I gave like three reasons why buyers should get off the fence. Number one was you're not going to get a clawback on where prices used to be, so now we know prices are going to keep going up. So while you're chasing rates, prices, you can't change. Rate, you can always refinance. You can't do a clawback on prices. You know, As I say all the time, if that were the case, I'd go buy Amazon many years ago. I'd go buy Apple in the beginning. I'd go buy Microsoft when it first. We don't get clawbacks. We get where it is right now, right? Like that's all we get. Number two, the market is not emotional. The market does not care about your feelings. So everybody who's going to comment, and just watch. You can go look at my comments later. I'm going to have all sorts of people in there who don't follow me, but they're going to say, it can't keep going up. It's not, I can't afford, and they're going to get all in their feelings. None of that has to do with data. 
I don't disagree that things are too expensive. You know, we did we did a whole thing in the last podcast about the economy. And, you know, by the way, I got something in the mail the last week that, like, uh, my mortgage was going up 20% because my, my taxes doubled, you know. And it's just like, look, I can handle it. But, like, I'm thinking about other people, and I'm going, this is how the economy collapsed, 04, 05, 06, 07, like, whatever. Like, you can't keep taking people – and, and having their, their – like we said in the last part, gas, food, whatever. And now I know that if in my town that happened, a lot of other people are getting now their mortgage updates as well and getting these huge increases. People can't – it's not sustainable. Yeah. You know. So look, I understand the emotion behind it. Unfortunately, the market doesn't care about your emotion. Uh, it just is what it is, supply and demand. And that was the third reason I said you better get off the fence now is because spring market hits, there's going to be even more of those buyers coming in. You know, and so competition is just going to get more and more and more. It's the one thing everyone needs, a roof over their head, you know. And as people keep making lovings and making babies, the population keeps growing. Guess what they need? They need a roof over their head. And so that's not going anywhere, you know. So so a lot of stuff happening right now. And, uh, you know, with the NAR stuff, a lot of drama happening right now. There's no doubt about it. A lot of drama happening right now. Um you know, and I, I uh, uh, Kevin Sears, I believe, the new president. I actually know Kevin. Um, uh, I want to make sure I'm saying correct. Is it is it Kevin or is it Brian? Uh, because they're brothers. Yeah, they're brothers. Yeah, they're brothers. And I, I literally, like, always mix them up. I'm almost positive it's Kevin. Uh, uh, I'm almost positive. So he's a face. Yeah, okay, good, good. I got it right. Um Facebook friends, I had to, you know, uh, but no, I haven't. I've known them for years uh, from Massachusetts and good people, the good, the whole thing, you know. And he comes in and just did another one of his speeches, you know, as the incoming NAR president. And you know, it's just getting old. You know, it's like nothing against Kevin. Kevin's a great guy, but he's got to stand in front of that thing, have the nice music behind him, say the political stuff, the politically correct stuff. You know, we're moving forward, we're doing, you know, and it's just like, can someone just be a person? Like, the the members of NAR are sick of this, you know? Um, and it's just, it, it, it's like, it is, it is to a T just what you think of when you think of corporations. And you think of, you know, it's just like they are acting like what they act like. And I think people are tired of it. Um, and again, it's nothing against Kevin. Kevin's a great guy. Like, I've known Kevin for years. Very friendly, very nice. I'm sure he'll do a great job. Um... But, like, someone needs to go in there and just speak to the people and just be real and get, just be done with all this nonsense because um, the organization has so much potential. But, you know, they're losing the PR battle right now. And they keep eating their own, by the way. You know, that's the crazy thing. You know, they keep eating their own. They keep making, you know, it's like uh, behind the scenes they keep coming after these people who take over who you find out aren't perfect, and then they have to resign, and there's the next one. they got to resign. And whoever doesn't like that one, well, I'll find something. You'll resign, and the next one, and the next one. It's like, welcome to 2024. This is the world we live in right now. It's like no matter where you are, that's what happens. You know, so um, hopefully they can get it together. Um, but that is not the point of today's podcast. Today, we're going to talk about I, – I've, I've started, uh, uh, you know, doing this annually where we talk about the rules for the coming year. And a couple of them remain somewhat the same, and a lot of them change based on what's going on, uh, personally, business-wise, whatever it is. Um, people always say, why isn't it the 10 rules? What well, actually is, I always have a 10th. But Instagram has this thing where you can only put up 10 pictures uh, you know, at a time, and when you have to have a cover photo, one's gone. So I only got room for nine more. That is math. That, that's how it works. That is exactly how it so works. So I got 10 rules. For 2024, okay? So let's talk about those now, and uh, I'd, I'd be interested to hear from you guys. Like, 
which ones are the ones that you know that resonate with you you know which ones matter because all of these resonate with me that's why i wrote them you know but um some will resonate some won't but some will always resonate more it's like languages of love it's like you talk to some people and you're like i think i got all five but you know there's ones that resonate more you know it's like when i look at a meal i like everything on the plate doesn't mean i don't like it some resonate more you know what I'm saying? That steak is going to get me more than the potatoes. Like, that's just how it goes, okay? So let's look at the, the steak and potatoes of, of 2024. Your nine rules slash suggestions I put on Instagram. Suggestions for 2024. Rules sounded harsh, but I did mean rules. Um, first rule, uh, don't be afraid to make big decisions. You know, I wrote, you know, change is inevitable, but the ability to have the courage to make big decisions in your life will determine if change happens to you or for you. And I think that's so true. Some of these sound corny, but they're just true. Change is inevitable, and it happens to you or for you. Things happen to you or for you. You know, it's like every single thing that has ever happened to you um, that you blame someone for or that was bad or that was, you know, whatever it was, or that you, a lot of times it led you to something better. You know, it's the old, um, again, so corny, but it's just so true. You know, um, I was listening to an interview this week between Theo Vaughn and Tony Robbins. And um, Theo Vaughn was really getting, you know, down on his mother about some things. And his own mother about some things she had failed at and wasn't very good at. And uh, Tony Robbins goes, I don't deny any of that. But you do realize that, like, everything you're doing now, the drive you have, the, the, the strength you have, the, like, uh, the chip on your shoulder, everything comes from that experience. So if you're going to fault her, you also have to give her credit. And it's so true, right? Um, I just had this conversation, you know, with my son. Uh, we had to put down the family dog. I don't know if I told you that. Bronco? Yeah. No. Yeah, I guess I did just break that no. to you. By the it's way, everybody, terrible. Tom is laughing. That's his reaction. Yeah, I just want everybody to know. Uh, no, it was terrible. Uh, it was absolutely terrible. And it's, it's the worst day. Yeah, it was terrible. And uh, but it was it brought it, it opened up some some great conversations um, between me, especially my younger son, because he took it he took it rough, and pardon the pun, but. Uh, <laughs> No, but he really did. It, 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 was, it was a terrible thing. And so, but it, um, it opened up some conversations about, you know, uh, how quickly life goes. Because he kept saying, he kept saying, you know, I was just hugging him. I was just laying with him three hours ago. Like, how's he gone? How's that possible? You know? And uh, it opened up a conversation with me to be able to say to him, like, hey, that's, that's not just dogs. That's people. You know, that's anything. You know, in every single situation with everybody you're around, um, everything you want is available to you. If you want to feel something bad about them, if you want to think they did something wrong, if you want to think fully available, if you want to look at something they've done right, something they tried to do, the effort they had, their intention, whatever, fully available. And, and this is what you find with people uh, at every point, at every, you know, whatever. Everything's available. It's just a matter of what part of the buffet you're going to go to. You know, so, so, you know, what I find is just overly negative, unhappy people. It's not that their experiences are any different um, than anyone else, but how they experience things is way different, you know, and, um, and that in some way, you know, that's kind of a long way to kind of get around to, we said change is inevitable, but it happens to you or for you, you know, life happens to you or for you, you know, really, you know, if, if you're walking around thinking that nothing's ever going to go wrong, then yeah, you know, it's happening to you on a regular basis because everything's going to go wrong all the time, you know, um, like I told a friend of mine's kid the other day, he was talking about his job. And he's like, I just want to do this one because it's not as hard and I don't have to whatever. And I said, you know why it's called work, right? And not play? 
Right. Yeah. That's why you're paid to be there, like literally, you know. Um, so change is inevitable. Don't be afraid to make big decisions. Uh, I said indecision um, is still a decision and often has a more negative and long-lasting impact than simply taking the reins over your life and having the courage to experience the big change that awaits you on the other side of your big decisions. And my God, if I haven't the last few years made big decisions, you know, whether it's within business, whether it's in personal, whether it's in whatever, um, I don't love big decisions, but I've learned to embrace them because I know what's on the other side of them. You know, we just had, I won't go into it, but we just had a big decision here at the end of the last year. It was very difficult. Um, and I knew that was going to come with repercussions, um, both how I would feel about it and then also, you know, how some people reacted. Um, but it's, you know, um, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a freedom that comes when you're done with those decisions, you know. Um, I used to have a thing on my desk uh, that would say you can judge the level of success somebody will have on this planet based on the number of awkward conversations they're willing to have. You know, and that's so true. Like, we run around avoiding, you know, we're water, path of least resistance, you know. And so while I have not learned to love big decisions, I've learned to embrace them, if that makes sense, because I know what's on the other end of them. Like, I usually can pretty see pretty clearly what the right answer is, what the right, what the right thing is to do. It doesn't mean that I like doing it, you know, and that's almost a curse, that's almost a curse because you'd almost prefer to be in the dark. I'm not sure. And then you cannot do something because you're not sure. I have the curse of clarity sometimes. If that's a thing, you know, um, where I usually know what to do. I don't look forward to it, but I've learned to embrace it. Because what I do look forward to is the idea of what's on the other side being better than what I even have now. And sometimes that comes with some hurt and that comes with some pain and that comes with you know, more than anything, what do we have for number one? Big decisions. Okay, now I'm not talking reckless. I'm not talking about being stupid. I'm not talking about, you know, but don't be afraid to make big decisions, you know. And for any of you that have followed me personally the last few years, you know that I've made some big decisions, <laughs> like, you know, um, that are not easy. But, you know, happier than ever and, and loving life and, and uh, you're finding out what that new looks like and everything else. But, man, big decisions, while they're very difficult, um, you know, what's on the other side, you know, climbing a mountain is difficult, <laughs> but being at the top is cool, but you got to earn it, you know, and everything we want on the other side of anything is very difficult and may require some big decisions and you may not look forward to them, but you better learn to embrace them. Okay. Cause it's, it's cool. What can be on the other end, right? Uh, number two, don't wait for others to remind you of how far you've come. This is one of my favorites. Um, I wrote here, you know, if you're reading this, you've overcome and survived everything that life has ever thrown your way. So don't wait for others to remind you of your resilience. When you feel overwhelmed by how far you still have to go, remind yourself just how far you've already come, right? Everything that you needed to get here, generally, you didn't think you have, and you had, and then what happened? You somehow came up with it. And so when you start looking at the future, everything you think you need to get there, and it looks like you can't, doesn't look like you have it, but just like you didn't feel like you had it to get here, You'll have it to get there. That's how it goes, you know. And, you know, I did it. I used to do a thing about this on stage. Maybe I'll start doing it again. And I always said how, like, people focus on the wrong distance. You know, we focus so much on, like, goal-oriented and mood looking forward and here's where I have to go. But the problem with that is that you're never there. You're always just working towards something. And so there's never a feeling of accomplishment or fulfillment or whatever. It's just like I'm working towards, I'm working towards, which there's some fulfillment in that. But it's not the same as saying I am, like I, you know. And, you know, there's always that distance available, but the distance you also have to focus on is how far you've come, which is not judged against any, anybody else because everybody starts at different points. 
Um, but that's an amazing distance for a lot of people. You know, as I said, if you're here, even if you're having the lousiest day of your life, even if you're having whatever, it means that everything that's ever been thrown your way, you've overcome. Like, think about that. You're, you're freaking Superman. Like, you're Wonder Woman. Like, you are everything that's ever come your way. You're still here. And so when you think about that, the resilience that comes with that gives you, gives you um, confidence for the future to know that everything that comes my way, that I may be scary, maybe whatever, if I could do that, I could do that. I didn't think I could do that either, but here I stand, right? And so don't wait for others to remind you how far you've come. Sometimes every day is a daily reminder for your confidence and otherwise, you got to remind yourself how far you've come. you got to remind yourself you know, just how resilient you are because if you can hear me right now, just by the fact that you can means that you're amazing, which sounds corny, but it's just, it's just true. Okay. Hey guys, you're watching this episode. This episode is brought to you first off by my company, Jared James Enterprises, or I like to call it just Jared James. I don't like to say the enterprises. Uh, but look, guys, we do coaching and training and speaking and all these other kind of things to make you better. And it's funny because I've talked about for years the idea that we're in a pros versus amateurs market. And we're seeing that more than ever right now with hundreds of thousands of agents leaving the business. Um, and so many that have such good intentions, but they're not sure how to really get there, right? Have you ever had a disconnect between what you intended to do and then what you're actions actually were every day and that's why you need a coach right I, I've been watching the, the the news lately especially sports news and I'm watching you know major coaches getting higher uh, getting fired but the one thing I know for sure is they're going to rehire someone because the last thing they're going to do is have a group of professionals and not have a coach because they won't perform at the same level right and we are no different if you're watching this and you don't have a coach I promise you you're underperforming so make sure you check out jaredjamestoday.com uh, get yourself a coach if you're a brokerage let's get you into brokerage ride training for the whole office very affordable we get them training they need to be a pro and not an amateur boost their performance boost their confidence boost all of it uh we can do all of that for you um uh second place here we're also brought to you by another one of my companies called cleared and closed um again being a pro, you're going to hear this over and over again. You need a transaction coordinator. And so we took this very serious. We believe in it so much that we're offering you a free transaction. So so literally you can come in, uh, use one of our transaction coordinators for a free transaction. They'll do a custom workflow with you, all of it. And if you don't like them, there's no contract. So go to clearedandclosed.com, clearedandclosed.com, and give the experience that your consumers want that they want to tell somebody else about, okay? And you do that not by doing everything yourself. You do that by running an organization, by running a business, not running around, and that starts the number one hire in every real estate business, whether you're day one or day 20,001, because there's no risk. You only pay if you actually close the file is a transaction coordinator. So check them out, guys. They're amazing. Okay, Do a consult. It'll be worth it. And last but not least, we are brought to, uh, brought to you by another one of my companies, First Up. F-Y-R-S-T. FirstUp.com. If you're a broker and you're watching this, if you're an agent, tell your broker to get on FirstUp.com. You know, I did something the other day online, and we talked about the difference between uh, spending money, cutting spending, and going all in on investments because investments bring returns. And there's a difference between checking boxes and buying tech tools so that you can sound good to the agents and having stuff that actually brings you a return. And in this mobile age that we live in right now, what First Up really does is it digitalizes that traditional whiteboard. You know, the old days when you'd come into the office and everybody would talk about their listings that they have coming up and they would talk about their open houses and they would talk about all these things. The problem is everybody doesn't come in anymore and gather in those meetings. So that whiteboard's not 
quite as effective okay and so what we've done is we've taken that traditional whiteboard setup and we've digitized it and so all of those listings that your brokerage has that are between the time of when they get signed to a listing agreement and they actually hit the MLS um, you're allowed to promote those within your brokerage. That's completely compliant, completely allowed. And so what we did was we said, get rid of all the confusing Facebook groups and all the group text messages and everything that all your agents aren't paying attention to. We built an app. We built a tool that is so simple. Our goal is not like most apps, which is how long can we keep you on? It's how quickly can we get you off of that app? We want the agents on there less than 60 seconds a day. But what they're going to do is put all of their listings on it pre-market before they actually hit the MLS. It's going to notify everybody within the brokerage that digital whiteboard let them know what's coming on it's going to buyer match because the agents are going to put their buyer criteria in there and it's going to let them talk back and forth about a buyer they have for it because it's going to notify them that there's a buyer that matches um, it's going to do all of this you're going to have people it's going to let them know if they need to assign somebody somebody needs to do the open house for them and so they can raise their hand or contact each other do open houses all of these kinds of things communicative tool also one that brings ROI double ending deals in a compliant manner and so this is something that every single brokerage in a 2024 world needs and we're launching something real soon where we're only allowing so many within each market so get on it now before it's too late uh, uh, take a chance go on over to firstup.com f-y-r-s-t-u-p.com extremely affordable as a brokerage but when you talk about roi return investment every single one of you at the sound of my voice needs to be using firstup.com you won't regret it uh, number three that's a big one right here Stop valuing people who simply tolerate you. That's a big one right there. You know, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is we have a lot of people in our lives that are there by birthright. They're family members. They're longtime friends because we grew up in the same area. They are, you know, whatever they happen to be. And because we get like soul ties to these people and we get so connected to these people, we just assume a certain value with them. And then there's also the assumption that they are giving us the same value, which is not true. Just because someone's been around you forever, just because somebody has some kind of a name, a familial name, brother, uncle, mother, father, sister, fiance, wife, husband, whatever it is, does not mean that, that built within that is that they're treating you right or they value you. And so what happens is a lot of people, especially people who are people pleasers, their value system comes more by location than it does by, you know, actual choice. It's like who, who is, you know, close to me, who was born around me, who was, you know, whatever. And they, because they want to people please, because they want to be valued themselves, what do they do? They value those people because they assume the same should be coming back. And then in many cases, what happens? It's not the case. And that is just, that's a... That's, that's heartache. I mean, that's, the, that's how you're going to get it, right? And so stop valuing people who simply tolerate you. Oprah had that great line years ago, when people show you who they are, believe them, you know? It's like when they, people show you who they are, believe them. Like it's, you know, yeah, that, that's, 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 that's how they feel about you. That's how they, you know, uh, if someone doesn't value you, why are you valuing them, right? Um, you know, you have to look at your time. You have to look at uh, your attention as like an asset, and you have to dispense. You have to dispense that attention wisely to people who actually deserve it, based on how they demonstrate the way that they treat you daily. And you have to look at your attention like you're trying to build the most beautiful garden in the world. And so you've got these seeds that equal your attention. And it's like if you're trying to build that garden, would you would you would you plant those seeds in, you know, fertile ground, 
that's going to be watered, that's going to be tilled, that's going to be, or would you take it and just throw it out in sidewalks, throw it out in roads, hope some weeds sprout. And yet a lot of us, that's what we're doing. We're taking our attention, which is so valuable. Look how much we fight for other people's attention. That tells you how valuable attention is, right? From a business perspective, I say all the time, visibility is your responsibility. It's attention, attention, attention. But then when it comes to personal, which is, which is so important, even more important in many cases, we're taking those seeds. We're taking that value, that attention we have. We're giving it to people um, who just stomp on the seeds, so to say. Like they just don't care. And so if you're trying to build a garden, you want to give it to people that are actually – you want to give those seeds. You want to give that attention to people who are actually going to let it sprout, that are going to let it grow, that are going to build this oasis with you, that are going to – and that has nothing to do with familial right. And in some cases it might, but it doesn't always, right? So you got to just do a little soul searching, right? Like stop valuing people who simply tolerate you. It's really that simple. Uh, number four, I think this is number four. I'm not good with keeping up with the numbers, but number four, surround yourself with people and ideas – that are different than yours. I I keep saying I love this one, but I do love this one too. You'd almost think I wrote these. Um, what? Yeah, yeah, it almost. Uh, this is a big one right here, guys. God, 2024, everybody just lives in their little cocoons. You know, everybody lives in their bubble. I, I can't tell you how many times a day I'm talking to someone, and they are so sure on something about how something should be done or how whatever, and I literally just say to them, you're so so obviously demonstrating the bubble you live in right now that you think that's how everybody thinks, you know, like, no, you know, you get to be someone like me who gets to go all around, right? Do you know what one of my opening, like, it's so funny, because like, um, this is not political, I'm just saying like, it was just an interesting, it was an interesting thing to whatever, but because it, it was political, but it was just so weird, because we live in Connecticut. Connecticut is a blue state, it's a very blue state, you know what I mean? It's high taxes, it's like, it's a, it's a, you know, blue state. And I remember during the election, I forget what election it was, but it was Obama and um, who's the white guy, Mormon, uh, uh, this is going to drive me nuts, Romney. It was Obama, Romney. And living here, like if you watch a presidential debate or you heard about everybody was just Obama, 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 Romney is terrible, that, whatever, and like that's all you heard here. So everybody who lived here, they just thought that was the thing. And look, when you lived here, it didn't – it doesn't matter if you vote or not. We know who's getting the vote in this state. That's how it goes, right? Again, it's not political. It's just the truth. That's how it works. I don't think anybody's wondering which way California is going. You know, like it's pretty obvious, okay? Now you can take pockets, and then you're like, oh, San Diego's a little more conservative, you know, a little more – whatever. But we know which way it's going. So I watched – when I when I was uh, when I was on the road during that debate, I was somewhere in Ohio. I don't remember where, but they had the debate on at a hotel, and everybody was watching it in like the lobby and all the different bar area and whatever. And it was overwhelmingly anti-Obama, pro-Romney, and I'm like, what the? I was it was a culture shock for me because I was just like, what? Like. I am not used to this. This is not – like I didn't know this even existed. Like what is going on here? And it was such an eye-opener for me um, of just how much everybody's in their bubbles, right? Um, and, and how much – you know, it's 2024, just how tribal we've gotten about everything that we don't even want to hear uh, uh, anything else that anybody has to say. We just want to be surrounded by what we believe, feed our bias, make us feel good, release those endorphins, and the world is a beautiful place. You know, that's just it. We just don't, you know, and I can tell you guys, like, legitimately, like, my best friends, I talk about it all the time. My mentor was the blackest man I've ever met. 
you know like i mean it was just you know they're different my girl is middle eastern you know like uh my friends look different they vote different they think different than me and i'm better for it and we don't judge each other you know um i'm a very like you know politically a libertarian type of person like i'm very like you know uh government if you if you listen to the podcast government stay the hell out you have no whatever and then again, I'm pretty like rights for people. I don't care. Like I don't. Like I just don't. You know, whatever. Um, I'm about to go on my guys' trip to Tulum, which I did a podcast with years ago, the first time I ever did it. And some of my buddies there are super liberal. Like they are like you know liberal liberal. You know what I'm saying? And I love talking to them. I love it because we love each other. Uh, some things we agree on. When we disagree about things, it's literally just a friendly like. No matter how they feel about things. No matter where they could, I know they're not bad people. I know they're not. I know they have bad, bad intentions. I know they don't. They're good people. Like, I want to hear, actually, how do you and I, who are both smart people, we both like it, where do we diverse? Like, where does it, where do we split off from the facts and go, that's why you went there and that's why, that's what I'm obsessed with. It's like, once we are out of our bubbles and we all know the facts, how do you go there and I go here? Where did divergence happen and why? Because, with a lot of things I can understand. I'm like, oh, shoot, that's why you went that way. You just have a different value system there. Or you just think it's not, it doesn't make you bad. It doesn't make you whatever. It's just different. You're just, you know, and that's just not the climate we live in. And so that's not something you guys would usually hear me talk about, but it's it's killing. It's killing you personally. It, it's It's killing your mentality. It's killing your mood. It's killing your whatever you want to call it because all it takes is the smallest thing. You run into someone who disagrees and you just can't understand it. Like you hate them. Or they're the devil, or they are, you know. Uh, nowadays, everybody's either a, you know, a white supremacist or a BLM activist, or a, you know, what. It's just like most people don't fall anywhere in those camps, you know. Like they, they just don't. Most people are good people that have either been fed a bunch of crap, or they've just grown up a certain way, or they've had different experiences, or they've had different, you know. Like it's just. By the way, someone can disagree with me. I could be right, and they're not wrong. And I know that sounds like probably the most liberal thing you've ever heard because it sounds like there is no wrong. There is no – no, people just have different experiences. They're not wrong to think like they do. Um, they just have a completely different experience than somebody else, you know, or they have a different bias or they have a different – just like I do, you know. And so um, I find that my life is so much more fulfilled and I'm, I'm, I'm so much more like open and, and just honest about things and whatever because I, I – I make it a point to not live in a bubble and not dislike it when someone who disagrees with me is around me because because guess what, guys? It's coming. You're going to have people around you who are different and who think different and who, you know, what, that's how it goes, you know? And when you understand that, and not only, not only understand that, but you search for it. Like you want people like that around. This crazy thing happens where you actually become better for it, you know? You, you can either be strong enough to disagree with others or you can be too weak to evolve like that's literally just how it goes you could be strong enough to disagree or too weak to uh evolve and i really believe that you know and so look i love being around people who think just like i do and whatever everybody does it feeds the endorphins you know but i also love being around other people and figuring out why they think like that because unlike all of the instagram quotes that talk about how committed everybody is to growing you know, and how committed it'd be like saying, I'm going to go grow my muscles without working out. No, it takes stress. It takes pain. It takes commitment. It takes like, you think personally it's any different. You got to be stressed. 
You know, you got to get around people who make you a little angry and make you. That's how it. That uh, that's how you grow. You don't get it by being in a, you know, meotopa of just other people who just. Yes, that's exactly right. Those people are bad. Everyone else is bad. We are, and yet that's what we're surrounded by. You know, so I love. You know, it's one of the great things about the internet now is that. You know, so many of these mainstream organizations and everything that just feed each one of their sex, like, and I mean sex like S-E-C-T-S, but they feed each one of, you know, whatever and just get everybody just angry at home that, you know, now there's other options. You know, we can say, nah, nah, never mind, You're, we're good, we don't need you, you know. I haven't turned on, by the way, like, this is legit, I have not turned on a news program in years, literally years. Like, I, I, I don't even, like, I... Because I know, you know, oh, Fox News, I wonder which way they're going. Oh, CNBC, oh, I wonder. Oh, CNN, I wonder. I wonder what, it's just like, duh. Go turn on CNN right now. They'll be telling you the 980th lie by Trump. He's not even in office anymore. That will be the headline. Go try it. Like, you'll see. Like, it's the same thing over and over and over. It's just like, go turn on Fox News, you know? It's just like, God, I, I can't. I just can't, you know? I just can't. So that probably ticked off a lot of you because, like, you know, you're just like. By the way, if you were ticked off by that, literally you should think about what I just said. You know, like it's just, uh, it's just you do better, right? What did I say? I said you can be strong enough to disagree or you can be weak, too weak to actually evolve and think and grow and, you know, uh, consider the idea that you might have been wrong or that you might have not have had all the facts. Or that there might be a more full picture or that there might be like, you know, all of that. It's, it's all, you know, it doesn't mean you don't have standards. You know, I have standards. I have things I believe that people would be like, what? Especially in today's world. I believe in standards. I believe in, you know, all of that stuff. I just also believe that um, the idea that we are what we should be now for the rest of our lives is stupid. I think that's what the Pharisees thought, you know, back in biblical days. You know, they would just, this is what it is. This is, and it's just like, well, that's not always, you know, you gotta, you gotta evolve. You gotta grow, you know, you gotta, you gotta change. You gotta, you know, um, number five, I think this is another kind of a controversial one. The key to happiness is to have no expectations. Now you're gonna have to hear me out on this cause that sounds pessimistic. Okay. The key to happiness is to have no expectations. Um, you guys have to understand how much I watch people, like, like that I don't just say this stuff. Like, I watch it. I live it. Um, I wrote here, I realize this sounds bleak, but it doesn't mean you don't prioritize hope over anxiety or optimism over pe pessimism. Uh, but if you think about it, just about every disagreement or disappointment that you've had has come from a lack of alignment between your expectations uh, for someone or something and the reality of what they did or how something ended up. Think about it. Think about what I just said there. Almost all of our disappointments come from the fact that not that someone's bad or good or what they did was bad or good or that a situation is bad or good. 99.999% of the time, it's that it wasn't what we thought it was going to be or that we thought it should be. Think about that. Someone buys you a gift and you get in trouble for not buying the right gift. You did the right, you bought a gift. You did, why are they upset? Not because you didn't buy a gift, but because you didn't buy the gift, the one they thought. Not that that one's bad, but now it's like we're realigning everything and going, I don't know, what's going, why didn't they get me the thing? Is it because they don't love me as much? Is it because they're whatever? And all this stuff kind of happens all because of this little thing called expectations. That's it. 
You know, you think that someone's going to, you know, throw you a surprise party and they don't. You're disappointed even though they took you out to dinner and they celebrated you. And they and they had somebody come over and sing happy birthday. They had, you know, whatever it is. Expectations. You know, you you look at your your kids and uh, they get all A's and a B, and you're ticked off because you expected it to be all A's. Expectation. And yet they're going to be just fine in life or whatever. It's just expectations, expectations. You know, this is such a difficult one to explain because I believe in optimism. I really, really do. I think the best way to explain this is almost like where they say um, expect for the worst, expect the best, plan for the worst. If that makes sense. 100%. You expect the best, but you plan for the worst. It's like trust verified. I trust you. We're just going to verify it. We're just going to, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, that's, that's the, that's the heart. That's the sense of what I'm saying here is that, um, expect the best plan for the worst. When I say don't have expectations, I'm not saying that, um, we don't ever hope for things. We don't ever, what I'm saying is, is when all of your effort and everything is all aligned in that expectation, that if anything happens outside of that expectation, there's absolutely no move for you. There's no give. There's no whatever. You are, that leads right to unhappiness. Because most of the people who are unhappy, if you look around their life, again, their experience does not look different than everyone else. The difference is the experiencer. Right? Like It's like the Truman Show. Like You drop someone in that world, you know? It's like the experience is no different from most people. The difference is the experiencer. And so, you know, that's a great thing to happen. That's a great thing to happen. But this person's looking at it going, that's a great thing to happen. That's so cool. The other person's looking at it going, that's not what I was expecting. Here comes unhappiness. Like it's just, it's, you can see it. Okay. And so when we talk about expectations, I mean, look, a great example is, you know, I, the last podcast, Linda and I talked about how we don't do gifts and such. Right. And I got her that, that, that book, that custom book, right? And um, she had no expectation of a gift. We don't really do gifts. So it was like not a big, you know, whatever. But man, when I gave her that gift, she like had tears in her eyes. She's like, this is beautiful. This is, you know, whatever, right? And you're so happy when those things happen, but it wasn't like she was sitting there, what's he going to get me? What's he going to get me? That's expectations. The real question is, why do you need that? Why are we setting up benchmarks and that's what people do, by the way. That's the problem, is that unhappy people, what they do for everyone around them, and it makes everybody around them unhappy too because they constantly feel like they're letting you down, is that you create 10 benchmarks. And if they meet nine of them and they fail on one, the whole thing's a fail. And it's like you're setting me up to fail because you're not happy with yourself. So you need a place to put your energy outside of yourself but you need a reason to do it. So how do I do that? I, I set up landmines for everybody around me. So I'm not the one who, who made me get upset. You made me get upset because you didn't blank. And it's like, whoa, what do you mean I didn't? I didn't even know I was supposed to. What are you talking about here? Like what's, you know, and that's what people do. I call them, I call them benchmarks, but really I think landmines is the better, the better term, you know? And so the key to happiness is to have no expectations. So if you're listening to this, you're on one side of that equation, or maybe you're on both sides. Stop creating landmines for everybody. Landmines for yourself. Landmines where it's like you can be right 90, 95%, but that 5, 10%, now I'm unhappy. That's not what it should be because then there's a meaning you assign to it. Well, the reason you did that was because you don't actually love me. If you did, you would care more to to think about what I really want and what I and you just start going down this whole unhappy, unhappy, unhappy. Like there's no win. OK, 
okay? So the key to happiness, don't have expectations. Have hope, be smart, do whatever. But what do we say? We said expect the best, plan for the worst, right? It's just, you know, here's what I expect. I expect that I'm going to make the best of everything that comes along. You know, there's an old line that um, very successful people uh, don't have the best of everything. They make the best of everything. And so why is it people that are super rich have everything in the world can be unhappy and somebody else who works a nine-to-five, barely gets by, can be so happy? Not in every case, but I'm saying, like, if we take those just as two extreme examples, how does that happen? Because very successful people don't have the best. They could have the best. That's allowed. But that's not what makes them happy. Very successful people make the best of everything, no matter what the situation. Whether they're in a mansion or they're lighting a fire for a campground at a campground, they're always making the best of everything they're doing. Okay, and that's a lesson I think all of us can learn. Uh, number six, I want to say. Number six, rule for 2024. You aren't in high school anymore. And then I wrote, unless you are. <laughs> I mean, we do get a high school crowd. Um, but for everybody else, high school was all about avoiding rejection. But those days are over. To succeed in the modern world, rejection is not only a possibility, it's a necessity. To be the most successful person in any field that you're in, you have to commit to being the most rejected person in that field. High school was all about being cool, not looking bad, not getting turned down. I mean, think about it. If you were going to ask a girl to the dance, you had to double check with everyone around her you had to put out feelers you had to have her circle yes or no before you'd ever at because i can't get rejected if i get rejected everything about me is 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 done everybody's going to hear about this i'm done you know rejection is just not right and then you hit the real world and you realize how flipped upside down that is like i'm rejected every day people you should be rejected every day like that's the idea because the most rejected person moving forward in the real world is the most successful person in the real world. Not only because a certain amount of rejections means that you're going after more than everybody else, which means you're automatically getting more yeses than everybody else, but every single one of those rejections is also building a certain grit. It's building a toughness. It's building a um, you know, force field around you to get more rejection. It's just collecting it. It's like one of those games where you run up on like one of those little icons and like, ooh, I've got a machine gun. Ooh, I got a life. Ooh, I got a shield. Ooh, I got a you know, it's just building, 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 building. While somebody else sits back like bubble boy, you know, won't do anything. You know, yeah, I'm never rejected, but you're also never anything. You're never anything. You never win, you never lose, you never never anything, right? So we're not in high school anymore. Rejection should have been left there. Number seven. Commit to exercising daily. This is my hashtag, did you sweat today? Uh, they estimated that upwards of 90%. I want you guys to hear this right now. This is crazy because, like, I do these hashtag, did you sweat today's? And, like, I think that um, I think that people, like, I don't know why you guys think I do it or don't do it. But, man, guys, it's just health. Like, it's just wanting to be around. It's just energy level. It's just example for my children. I want them to do it, right? But it's estimated that 90% of all preventable disease, I want you to hear that again, preventable disease is caused by stress. It's like we get the disease and then it's like I would do anything at this moment to get rid of it, anything. I give up my right arm, my left arm, whatever, like I need to get anything but what it took up until then to avoid it, you know? It's exercise, guys. So I don't know if I have time. Well, you're going to soon not really have time. It's going to be too late, like, exercise was like a shower everybody would do it but nobody sees the tangible 
byproduct of not doing it. Like when you see someone halfway through the day, you, you can be like, oh, they didn't shower. But you're not like, do they exercise? Do they not? We don't know. And so you get away with it because we care more about letting other people down than we do ourselves. And yet not taking care of ourselves is letting ourselves down. Um, and if you need to look at it different, it's letting other people down too. It's letting those people around you that want you to be around for a long time. It's not creating the right habits for them. You know, I think one of the worst things we do with children when they're little is if you're good, we give them candy. It's like, oh, you're good. Let me go. Let me kill you. Oh, look how good you were. Let me, let me up your odds at cancer. Oh, let me start bad habits that will hurt you forever so that you'll just be fat forever because you're learning to be addicted to sugar and whatever. Like, I mean, it sounds, that's what we do. You know, I'm convinced if when kids were little, you know, they did something good, we handed them fruit. Fruit is delicious. They would go to that when they're older, but they learn these patterns from us. And, uh, you know, exercise is, is, is no different. Uh, eating right's no different. Prioritizing health. It's just, it's, it's not an optional thing. It's life or death. It's really that simple. You know, we have our group going on right now. We started a group called Get Healthy With Us at the beginning of the year. And we just posted our results today, and it's so cool. One of the ladies is like, I just, I've dropped 10 pounds so far. Another one's like, I dropped three pounds. Another one's like, I just dropped five pounds. Another one's like, but even more than that, they're doing more push-ups. They're like, I feel like more energized. One of them said, I like myself better. She's like, I don't care if I lost nothing. She's like, I just like myself better. Like, I'm just, because you create this narrative that, like, I'm worth it. I take care of myself. This is what I do. And when you go to attack anything else in the day, when, like, the narrative that usually works against you, which is, oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm terrible, I always pass up on things, I don't do what I should, whatever. Now the narrative is like, no, I actually went and did things that other people don't do. I take care of myself. I did what was hard. I got up. I went, it's just, everything about it is worth it, guys. Everything about it. Um, so commit to exercising daily, no matter how big or small that is. Uh, I actually did in our group, I literally filmed our floor routine in my house like had did it live with them and now we keep it in the group and they watch it almost every day they're all like did the floor routine today they just needed to see it like they just because the most common thing they heard was uh, they'd say is they'd say well, i go into the gym and they're like i don't even know what to do one of them said they're like uh i go in i look at the machines i'm not sure what to do so i just go to the treadmill because i know how to do that you know and i'm like that's so relatable because so much of like my floor routine and everything is from watching other people Every day I'm, I saw something today that I'm like, I'm going to try that in my next exercise. Like, you just watch people, you know? It's just so real. But try stuff. Variety. Do different things, you know? It doesn't have to be the same thing every day. Go do different things. I switch up my exercise every day, like what I do. But i got to get active, you know? I want to live. I want to actually be around. I want to, I wanna, you know, still be moving well in 20 years. Me too. You know? It's seriously, like, it's just... Dude, I remember people, like, there's some people who are 65, and they are an old 65. And then there are people who are 65, and you're like, you're 65? Like, are you serious? Like, that's, I want to be that one. You know, I want to have grandkids one day and still do things with them. You know, not, you know, have them come feed me. You know, like, I want to be able to, you know. But now is when you do that. Now is when you make the deposits that actually, you know, tell your body what it's going to do later on. You can't wait till it's too late and then go, well, now I want to. You can stop smoking later. You can stop drinking later. You can stop whatever. But, like, you're not going to all of a sudden trick your body into believing you've taken care of it its whole life. It knows what it is. You know, you can't take an 88 Honda Accord in today's world, beat the crap out of it, and then all of a sudden bring it into the dealership and say, it's a brand new car. Like, you can't do that. It, you know, it is what it is. Um, anyway, commit to exercising daily. Did you sweat today? Hashtag did you sweat. And by the way, a little bone to pick. Did you sweat today is not Y-O-U. 
It's the letter U. I see a lot of did you sweat today, D-I-D-Y-O-U. D-I-D, the letter U, sweat today. Little bone, fake. I'll, I'll put that in like little yeah, little yeah, little. yeah, hashtag did you sweat today. I do capital D, lowercase I, lowercase D, capital U, lowercase S, wit, W-E-A-T, and then capital T-O-D-A-Y. Did you sweat today? Wit, I don't know. Uh, next one, number seven. Something you guys have heard me say over and over and over again, and I will continue to say, uh, consistency is undefeated. Consistency is undefeated. Um, God, I can't stress this one enough right here. Um, I've been saying it for the last couple of years. Uh, someone said it's one of my JJ-isms, uh, which I, I like. I mean, it's just there's these certain things that come to me that like that, that'll stick forever because it's just true. Consistency is undefeated. Good, bad, or indifferent. It's undefeated. You know, if you got bad habits, undefeated. You got good habits, undefeated. You know, I'm, I'm way more impressed by someone who um, is still running three miles every other day two years from now than I am somebody who does a Tough Mudder or a marathon and then doesn't do it again for a year. You know, success is found way more in the mundane activities done over and over and over again than it is in the highlight reels that are deemed worthy of, a, of an Instagram post. You know, uh, I'm going to say that again for some of you, okay? Success is found more in the mundane activities done over and over and over and over again than it is in the highlight reels that we deem worthy of an Instagram post. That is where success is actually found. And it's not as sexy. It's not as, you know, it's not going to get as many likes. not going to get as many shares. It's not going to get as many hands up or fire emojis. But success is found in the mundane activities that you do over and over and over that nobody ever sees way more than it is in the highlight reels that we all deem are worthy of an Instagram post or an Instagram story. Just the truth. Now, I'm all for a good Instagram post. I just put one up. I'm all for a good Instagram story. I do it all the time. But those things you see are not the things. You know, when you see me put up uh, videos and, and pictures of me and Linda, our relationship, right? I promise you the pictures and videos you see are not what make our relationship. You know, like those aren't – everything we do before then are what make those moments possible. But you don't see what actually makes our relationship. You don't see the actual, you know, um, how we solve conflict or those conversations. What do they look like? What do you do when you have two alphas? You know, like how's that work? Who's standing down here? You know, or is there a stand down? Like, what, what's the, you know, how's it work when you live across the country? How's it work when you have kids different ages? That's a, that's a big, you know what I mean? We went to a thing uh, the other day with her kids at like a bounce house. I felt like I was in Back to the Future. I'm like, I haven't been in one of these in 10 years. Like, this is crazy. Like, this is, if I went there now because one of my kids works there. Like that's, you know what I mean? And so it's just different, right? And so you don't see all that conflict resolution or all of that talking or like, how does that, what's it look like? How does that, whatever, that get us to a place where we can post things together. And just so everybody knows, we're not one of those Instagram couples that like put stuff up, but like really we hate each other, you know? And it's like, you know, this big, like, you know, oh, look how great everything looks and whatever. No, we legitimately love each other. We legitimately, you know, but there's all the stuff that leads to that is not, not what you see, you know? And the same thing is in your, in your work, in your profession. It's like all the stuff that builds your career, all the stuff is not the Instagram-worthy stuff. The Instagram-worthy stuff is those – it's the tabs, the highlights along the way. But 
you better master those other things. You know, if you're loving the likes more than you're loving the, you know, the sleepless nights, and you're not going to have a whole lot of real Instagram-worthy moments, you know, uh, uh, moving forward. That's just how it works, okay? So consistency is undefeated. Beginning this year, I told you we started our Get Healthy group, Get Healthy with us, right? We've already had people in the group that are like, it's like, where are you? Crickets. What's up? While other people in the same group losing 10 pounds, losing 5 pounds. Like, consistent. By the way, the other people just as consistent, but consistent with what? What they do in every area of their life. Fade away. You know? Go back to the easy. Go back to the median. Go back to the, you know? I refuse to do that. You know, I understand that in order to have you know, extraordinary results, I cannot have ordinary patterns. One does not create the other. And so once I commit to that, once I know that, I remind myself that, it becomes, it becomes my identity, who I am. It's what I tell myself all the time. It's what I remind myself of. And now when I'm doing those habits and those patterns that are just so extraordinary and difficult and whatever, I remind myself, well, that's the price you pay and that's the life you signed up for. You know, consistency is undefeated. But, you know, this funny thing happens after a while. It's not so bad anymore. You know, like when I first started getting in the sauna, whew, 200 degrees. I'm in there five minutes going, is this a joke? Like, what is going? Now I'm in there 30, 40 minutes, whatever, and I'm just like, all right, good, whatever, because my body has started to, okay, this is what we do. You know, first time you do one of those cold plunges, I've never done it, but I've seen people when they get in the first time, whew, that does not look like a happy moment, (laughs) you know? And then they build up their time, build up their time, because what used to seem so abnormal for everybody else becomes normal for them. And you cannot have normal habits and expect abnormal results. You cannot say that you want an abnormal life and have normal habits. One does not lead to the other. So you've got to accept which one it is. you know. And then once you do that, you commit to it. And you decide, again, this is my identity. This is who I am. This is what I do. And now that becomes the... The, the litmus test that you, you know, that you make the decision from every single time. It's a beautiful thing, right? But you got to decide who that is. But if you're going to decide that you're, you know, that you're just, you're good with normal, well, then don't keep having an eye for, you know, look, if you're going to have a, a, a nine to five job making 30 grand a year, well, you, you better not be looking at coach bags after every day of work because it's not happening. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's not going to happen. Like your taste needs to match you know what's happening. It's the same thing within your patterns. When you say what kind of life you want, that taste for that kind of life you want, your patterns better equal that. Otherwise, you're just salivating. Like you're just creating, you know, um, something where you just become envious and whatever. But consistency is undefeated. If you want an abnormal life, you can't have normal patterns. And once you decide what that is, it doesn't matter if you're going to be doing it a month from now, two months from now. Will you still be doing it three years from now? That's all that matters. If you can't commit to it three years from now, don't do it three days from now. You're wasting your time. That's it. You go in the gym and you're there on day three and then you leave because you were going to get in shape but then you leave. I promise you, no difference in your body other than it hurts. No result, just hurt. Okay? If you won't be doing it in three years, don't be doing it in three days. Consistency is undefeated. It's really that simple. Number eight, I want to say, is it number eight? Understand the difference between cutting spending and maximizing your investment. This is such a big one. I talked about this, I think, in one of our, our ads or something. Understand the difference between cutting spending and maximizing your investment. You know, when everybody else tightens up, 
This is where you can get ahead if you know the difference between spending and investment. Yes, cut unnecessary expenses, but go all in on training, coaching, self-improvement, marketing, the tools you need to create, the customer experiences that compel others to tell them about you. I said this when we're talking about first up, right? Like, you know, uh, you know, with our company first up when it comes to brokerages right now, brokerages right now, they are, they're cutting spending left and right. Like they're, you look at how can I cut? How can I cut? Which there's some areas you should be doing that. But the other side of that is you got to go all in on investment. You know, we have a company we just launched with first up, right? Uh, dot com. We just launched a brokerage with first up and they had like a, uh, in the first week, they, they had put like, I don't know, 15, 20 million dollars of listings uh, on the app from within their brokerage. They had a 26%, no, 29% um, match rate on buyers within the brokerage. So, so agents had put their buyer uh, info in as far as what they're looking for. And then when other agents within the brokerage uh, got listings before they hit the MLS, but then entered those listings into the app, and it now notified them that that you know, person in your office has two buyers that match, that whatever. And then those buy those those agents got, hey, your buyer matches that listing, whatever. And they had put together enough deals, it already paid for their, you know, what they paid for the, the product for over the year. Like they just started. That's called ROI. That's something you don't get rid of. That's return on investment. That's only going to grow. The more that they're in meetings and agents are talking going, I just did that. You're not even on here yet. You haven't put you're crazy. Like get your buyers in here. Get that's going to grow and grow. That's called investment, okay? That's what you need to go all in on. You're coaching right now. You got to go all in on that thing. You're marketing right now. You got to go all in on that thing. Now, are there expenditures you can cut? I'm cutting spending left and right, right? I mean, Tom, you've heard, like I've, I've said, let's look at all these things. What are we doing monthly? Like what are things we're doing that are just not making sense, right? That we're just, you know, spending on, but there's no return on them. Well, I don't want those things around, you know? They're worthless. Like there's not, and by the way, something doesn't have to, uh, be completely worthless for you to get rid of it, meaning something might be good, but you're not prepared to actually capitalize on it. You know, I've said all the time, if you're buying online leads, for example, and you don't have a fully functioning CRM, you're wasting your money and time. You don't have the infrastructure to handle those leads, okay? So the first step is that you get the boat created, right? You create the boat, which is the infrastructure, and you get those, you get all your follow-up systems set up, and you get your, your plan for how are they going to be divvied off the leads, and how are you going to follow up in time, and how are you going to, all that stuff. Once you create the boat, then you go fishing. And now it's like, how many lines can we throw in because we got a good boat here, okay? And so understand the difference between cutting spending and maximizing uh, your investment. You know, we cut spending when we moved to this office, right? We were ready to do a five-year lease on the other office. It was three, four times as much as this office was. Five-year lease, and I'm going, that just doesn't make sense. Like, that doesn't, it, we're not mobile with that. We're not, we're not, you know, we're the Titanic with that. You can't move. And so we made decisions about that. I, I've done that in almost every area right now, you know, still looking at it, because it's just smart. It's called running a business, right? It's what makes it uh, it's what makes the ship steady for everyone else around you. It's what makes the ship steady for your agents, for your, for your employees, for your clients. Understand the difference between cutting spending and maximizing your investment. You should be looking for tools right now. You should be looking for, for uh, training, marketing, coaching, all those things that are going to increase the ROI, that are investment you should absolutely be looking. You know, it's one of the funny things I always say, like when people join us for coaching, for example, one-on-one -on -one coaching, one of the first things we do most of the time is end up cutting more out of their budget than they spend on coaching. 
because the first thing we do is do an overall budget and you find all of these things they're spending money on that are way more than what they're spending on their coaching it's like we need to cut that we're not ready for that you know doing the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing it's not that that's a bad tool it's that you're not ready for it you know and then sometimes yeah it's just a bad tool it's not worth it but a lot of times we end up saving people more than what they actually spend on coaching because we cut things that they don't need that they were just letting happen on it they never looked at it they never paid attention right and so that's an investment right and so you got to understand the difference between cutting spending which is absolutely necessary and should always be looked at up economy down economy bad market good market you shouldn't be wasting in any market you know my 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 son my older son's name is Grayson which means son of the steward that's what it means and i am someone who is i absolutely think like that being a steward of your money being a steward of your finances, being a steward, because when you're not a good steward of your money, it doesn't just affect you, it affects everyone else around you. And I personally consider myself a giver, you know? And so, like, when I don't steward my money correctly, it's not just me. Like, I'm always going to be able to buy groceries and do whatever. Like, but, like, my ability to bless other people, my ability to help other people, my ability is then hindered by my poor stewardship. And I can't allow that. Like, that's not okay. You know, if something's entrusted to me, it's never entrusted just for me. It's entrusted for everybody. Like, I'm supposed to have a multiple X effect on other people because it came into my hands. And I do really think of that, and I, I take that very serious, and so should you. So understand the difference between cutting spending and maximizing investment. Was that? I think that was number nine. That I think was number nine. I was going to say, I, th I think I said eight, but I think that was number nine. nine. So, guys, those are our nine. Um, some of those are kind of heavy, but I, I think they're absolutely necessary. You know, the, this is a an episode that maybe didn't have as much as much funnies, you know, as usual. Uh, maybe I'm giving myself too much credit. Maybe it's maybe there's not usually. Um, but take take a listen to those guys. I'd love for you to kind of comment if you're watching this, you know, wherever you're watching. If you're watching on YouTube, then comment below and let me know, you know, which one's your favorite. Uh, if you if you listen to this on any of the podcasting platforms, I'd love for you to reach out to me, connectwithjared.com, and let me know, like, which one's your favorite. You know, DM me on Instagram or, or Facebook or whatever your thing is. I'd love to know which ones because for me, that's, that's, that's how I know, like, what hits with people. You know, especially now when I'm kind of creating all of my um, – keynotes and everything i had a bit of a breakthrough i know on the last the last keynote uh, last keynote on the last um episode i was talking to linda and i was talking about how right now i'm figuring out my voice like what i want to talk about um at these sessions of these these various places that i'm talking at this year and um i think i also said i've been saying no to a lot of places like just like no 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 i think i had a breakthrough yesterday I was just thinking and like whatever, and I think I have like some stuff that I'm really passionate about to talk about this year that I'm looking forward to bringing to uh, the audiences that we get in front of. So um, I'm really excited about that. Now I'm building it out, and uh, um, I'm trying to make sure that I don't build it out too much, meaning like part of part of the secret sauce is kind of having your cliff notes, having your notes, and then just kind of letting your head do what it does, like just get up there and just start going. You know, we talked with our coaches the other day. Uh, we had a we had a, a meeting uh, a year uh, start of the year meeting with our coaches um, that I'm not usually always on those Reagan our director of coaching handles it she does it you know whatever and so I got on there for the beginning of the year and I had like three or four bullet points that I was going to touch on I figured I'd go for 10 minutes 15 minutes so I went for like 30 45 minutes and I said a few things that I was like oh that's that's con oh that's content like I literally am like over here like in my notes going boop boop that's going in the keynote yep that's going yep yep there it is there it is um, and that's how it happens. You know, you just kind of 
you just kind of go. You react like a race car. You're like, whoa, got to turn, got to do, got to, you know, you just kind of whatever. So anyway, those are the nine. Um, anything to add? Anything? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. No, I, I can't add any, uh, any things to focus on in 2020. Is your mic actually on this time? It is. <laughs> <laughs> I did have to look. <laughs> there were a couple episodes where I heard you on here and I'm like, Oh, he's, it's definitely just picking him up from afar. It, it is not, that is not a real, yeah, that's not a real mic. Did you just for a second panic? Yes. Oh, nice. Yeah, I saw it on your face. <laughs> no, you're about, enough. you're about to, uh, about to take off and come back looking darker than Linda, huh? Uh, maybe. Or just red. Just red. Sure, just yeah. red. This, I don't know. Where yeah, are you going? Uh, Mexico and Honduras. Mm. I don't know where in Mexico. Somewhere. So uh, it's all the same. It's just fantastic. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'll be in Mexico end of the month. I'm doing Tulum. Heck yeah. Doing Tulum. Doing a little guys trip. Uh, end of January. I think we're going like January 23rd, 24th, something like that, through the 28th. Um, there's always work that happens. These guys are all business minds, whatever. So it's always good for me because I get so many connections and like the stuff we talk about just from a direction with the company. It's always good for that. So we'll be doing some work, but, uh, at the same time, uh, it's just kind of like a reset before we start getting crazy again and going to hitting the road and doing whatever. And so, uh, I'm going to try to get a little sun myself. I don't know if you've ever been to Tulum, but, uh, man, it's like a paradise. People always think of Tulum as like the place when you go to Cancun, everybody goes to the ruins. That's not the Tulum we go to. You know, like that is uh, the Tulum we go to is just um, everything's walkable. Uh, restaurants, nightlife, the beaches are just gorgeous. You know, sun every day. It better be sun every day. Um, throwing the Frisbee. I'm not even good at throwing the Frisbee. Who is? Linda says it's the one athletic thing she's better than me at. So now you're training. Oh, I will be perfecting my throw. <laughs> it looks good. Yeah. And then I just don't know when to release, and it goes over there, and it's going over. I don't understand it. Yeah. I don't understand it. It's just Frisbee's not my not my thing. Yeah. But it's fun. But I don't understand how they do it so accurately and everything. I'm just like, what am I missing? And now I think I'm in my head. I'm nervous about it every time because there's people around, and I'm going to hit someone, or I'm going to – you know what I mean? Although I did use that tactic on the LBI beach last year to have my older son – run into a group of ladies i was very accurate with that throw yeah. i accidentally oops threw it off to the side he had to go over sorry sorry uh, my dad he doesn't you know that yeah. kind of a thing oh, he's terrible yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. exactly nice. yeah so nice. anyway uh that seems like an appropriate note to end on yeah uh we'll be back at it i guess no podcast well we can still do a podcast as you won't be here right yeah but we've still got the equipment and everything uh might do one from home might do one. Oh, actually what am i saying I'm going to California next week, so I think I think Linda and I are shooting one. Sweet. Uh, in Cali. Nice. Nobody needs you, okay? Right, we we're so. our own. We can do it ourselves. All right. All right. I'm excited to see it. Tom's selfishly leaving us yeah. for a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing around. But anyway, guys, uh, we love you. Thank you. Make sure you're subscribed. Leave us some comments, guys. I hope this is helpful. Can't wait to hear from you uh, on which one of these nine was your favorite. Talk to you. See you. Thanks so much for listening. Please take a moment and go to www.connectwithjared.com to connect with Jared James on all the platforms you are active on. And please remember to subscribe and leave a positive review on the platform you are listening on if you enjoyed the podcast.